When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans. Hello and welcome back to Red Side of the Trent. It's been a while, but for those who have watched the World Cup, hope you enjoyed it. If you are interested in that, unfortunately, it didn't happen for England as fans wanted and also for Wales if you support them, of course. Uh, but have no fear as club football is back and we are delighted to be back talking about the Reds again after this unique break. For this episode, then, we're just going to give a bit of a summary of news during the break for Forrest and look ahead to the Blackburn game in the Carabao Cup and also the Manchester United game in the Premier League away from home. I'm joined by Adam Wicklow for this one. So, Adam, how are things? Good, mate. It's been a unique break, as you've said, Reese. The the World Cup has actually been a lot more enjoyable than I think people would have thought, despite the politics of it all. But it's it's been it's been weird not having Forrest and to talk about them. Obviously, I filled the gap in a little bit with talking about Gustavo Scarpa. I'm sure we'll talk about him because he's been a hot. Hot topic on the Forest timeline. He definitely has, um, especially if you watched the game last night. Um, I think for the World Cup, once all the politics are out of the way and the football started, it's always a good spectacle into the World Cup. I mean, there's been plenty of shocks along the way. Um, just a shame, really, how it ended up unravelling for England, but uh, that's a different conversation. So, But for Forrest, anyway, while we've been away, Forrest have had a few friendlies um, against Stoke, um, a Tromosos, if that's how you pronounce it, Greek side, Olympiakos, and last night we finished it off with a 2-1 win in Valencia to keep us ticking over. And on top of that, we have had 10 representatives in total at the World Cup, with five in our current squad taking part. Unfortunately, wasn't the best for the Welsh trio, especially Wayne Hennessy as he got himself <laughs> sent off against Iran. Um, Brandon Johnson as well featured, um, as did Nico Williams, which um, which is a shame for him. Obviously, his granddad passed away, so we wish um, Nico the best and his family for that. Um, but they did end, end up crashing out in the group stage. Um, Kuyate, Senegal... Or did get to the round of 16, but were swept aside by England. But he does now face a spell on the sidelines, as I believe he's, um, is it a hamstring injury he's got? 
Yeah, I think he's about two um, months out, isn't he now? Which is, a, which, is a, which is a shame because he's obviously been part of um, Steve Cooper's plans quite a lot. But Remo Freuder did write himself in the Forest history books as the first Forest player since Pierre Van Hoydong at France 98 to score at a World Cup. Uh, Freuder scored the winner as Switzerland beat Serbia 3-2 in the group stage. Um, they did get to the round of 16, was it Switzerland, before being absolutely obliterated by Portugal 6-1. So <laughs> that was a surprise in terms of the scoreline. Also in the break, as Adam mentioned um, in the intro, the worst kept secret is out and we've completed the signing of Gustavo Scarpa on a free from Brazilian side Palmeiras. And finally, we drew Blackpool <laughs> away in the FA Cup third round, which has proved a popular draw among fans for once rather than a turgid draw like we usually get so speaking of um, the Cups that leads us nicely on to the Blackburn game in the upper knockout cup the Carabao Cup a place in the quarterfinals is at stake as we make the trip to Ewood Park on Wednesday evening our last trip to Blackburn was a very poignant one if memory serves me correctly as they was right amongst the mix at the time and we managed to push ourselves further into it a big win that was that night the rest as they say is history 2-0 win with goals from James Garner and a Brennan Johnson penalty in the now classic high-vis strip saws come away with three points. There has been much change since then for Blackburn as they now have Danish legend John Dahl Thomason as manager. If you remember him, he had a short spell at Newcastle in the Prem in the 90s. He used to be he a big for... AC Milan legend, wasn't he? he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's <laughs> played for some, um, some big clubs. I was looking at his Wikipedia. He's replaced Tony Mowbray. Rovers are having a good season in the Championship if you are keeping your eyes on that. I mean, I'm not because, to me, that league is a pits at the minute. I think I've seen you um, write something on Twitter about uh, Birmingham and Reading. As we record yeah, this, this is the day before was, the World Cup and they played Friday night. Uh, and it was... I mean, it looked like there was half empty stadium. Yeah, I don't know if like, Birmingham are having something done to, their, yeah, to one having, of their main stand or whatever. Yeah, they but, are. I think, like, basically, some of the stadium's been condemned as far as I'm aware. So. Yeah. But um, I, think... I, know, I know you were saying you you just hope that we never go back to that league. But, <laughs> well, yeah. But, but if you if you like look at Blackburn's timeline, they absolutely hate John Dawson, yeah, and which they're in the top what, six. Which is they? what I was going to come on to, which is a bit strange. I think Fawaz has lent Birmingham the safety certificate for their ground, but <laughs> um, obviously a man we all know, um, Ben Brereton Diaz, as he's now um, known, he's the joint top scorer in the championship with a host of others with nine goals. It's like nine or ten players on nine goals, which does seem a bit low for this time of season, to say we're yeah, nearly so... at the halfway point. Or oh, when you see Mitrovic on about 20 last season. <laughs> well, yeah, there, is, yeah, there was that. Just um, <laughs> still show that the Championship is very competitive in terms of the whole league. You know, if you, if you do have an off day and you're top of the league, team at the bottom can easily turn you over. Um, but it does seem on the face of it a bit of a flip of the coin tie because Blackburn did knock out West Ham away on penalties in the last round. So it'd be an interesting one. But like you said, Adam, there was a lot of grumblings from Blackburn fans. They did get hammered by Preston at home last weekend, 4-1. So, mm. I mean, early on in the season, Preston couldn't score goals for Toffee. So, yeah, interesting one. So quick question for you then on this one, Adam. Um they will have played a few competitive games before us on Wednesday. Do you, do you think that will impact things at all? I think they will probably be that tiny bit sharper, I'd imagine. Obviously, it depends how many of our lads from the World Cup will, will be able to be be, able, be available. Because I know Froiler and Nico Williams weren't available last night. So, that would be... Yeah, yeah. So, I'd, I'd, 
it's, it's difficult to say, but I don't. But our quality kind of will shine through. And we've had we've obviously had the four friendlies, so people will be somewhat match sharp. So I guess we'll we'll kind of see. They'll they they should be quite up for it. But I mean, I think we're taking double their supporters, aren't they? It's like kind <laughs> yeah. of flipped on its head. Like Ewood Park's yeah. going to be actually a home game for us. I think in 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 terms of numbers, which is. Weird. We, we we just can't help how massive of a club we are, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about how Forest have got the biggest squad in the world. So, I mean, what kind of team would you expect from us? I mean, we've got strength and depth now, really, especially against Championship opposition. I mean, what kind of team would you expect? I'd expect probably a similar team to the one that played against Tottenham. I wouldn't be surprised if Hennessy does play in goal because he will probably play the week after against Man United, obviously, yeah. with Henderson ruled out being with the the loan rule um, from his parent club. So, But then I'd expect like uh, Aurier to play at right back. I think Lodi at left back. Uh, the centre-half pairing could be anyone, to be honest. Um, Nia Katty doesn't seem to be anywhere, cl- anywhere close to coming back still, which is um, baffling. as well. Yeah, um, no idea about that. So it could be Warrell, Warren Cook. It could be Warren. Mc- it could be anyone really, to be honest. Um, midfield will be an interesting one. I think like it'll be probably Mangala, Yates, and O'Brien. I'd ima- you'd imagine, wouldn't you? I think Freud. I think they'll give Cole back Freud- maybe. Yeah, I think they might give Freud a like, extended bit of rest because he wasn't playing against yeah. Valencia for personal reasons. Cooper said, and yeah. then um, I mean, I- I'd expect Lingard. Lingard to be in there to try and continue some of his form. It was unfortunate, like, as the break said, because we said this before, that he, he looked like he was coming into a bit of his own, wasn't he? Yeah, looked a lot fitter, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd probably go Ling- Lingard, Gibbs White, and probably a, a one Neil Surridge up top, I'd, I'd have thought. Maybe Dennis. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's... Um... If for those that watched the game last night in Valencia, it, it was a pretty sharp game for a friendly, really. So hopefully that all bodes in good stead and obviously a good win. Um, I know. All, I think Aurea's got a bit of a knock as well, Anti. So that'll be because um, Toffolo played at right back last night. Strange that. Isn't it? I mean, he could <laughs> play. I mean, he could play Mbeso at right back. He's played um, in some of the friendlies at right back. He's yeah. not. He's not exactly a slouch as the Mbeso. So um, it will be an interesting lineup. But um, Lee and Christian aren't here for this one. But they have given me a prediction. Um, Christian from Valencia last night. Uh, Lee has gone for a 3-1 win to Forest. Christian has gone for a 2-0 win to Forest. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Forest. So, Adam, are you going to make it full ass? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say 2-0. 2-0. Right, lovely. I just think Blackburn fans will be booing them at half-time, no, no <laughs> doubt or something. Yeah. <laughs> or is it going to be a classic of 10,000 in the ground, 6,500 Forest and 1-0 Brentford? Raritan Diaz. Yeah, probably. <laughs> going past us. So. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You in? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Free Softer Pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spell R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. So, moving on from the League Cup and to the bread and butter of our season in the Premier League, and it's a visit to Old Trafford against Manchester United for us after Blackburn. We haven't played United, incredibly, for 23 years, with the last time being that infamous 8-1 drubbing at the City ground. But the last time we were at Old Trafford, um, which was my first ever away game for those that care, which will be no one, we lost 3-0. Not sure what happened to United that season, but anyway... uh, Anyway, help us preview the game against the Red Devils and talk about United in more detail is United fan Gareth Chapman's. Gaz, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, no problem, mate, no problem. So, we're going to have a chat first about all things United, then come on to a few familiar faces for both, and then the game itself. I mean, as we've said before we started recording, if you listen to any UK sports media platform, it's fair to say United are always the talk of the town. And ever since Alex Ferguson has left, that narrative has been heightened, as always plenty to talk about with Manu on and off the pitch. Um, it's been a similarity, really, for United and Forest in terms of they couldn't seem to find a replacement to replace the legend of a manager. So United have tried with Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho, Oli and Ragnick, which was a strange one. But in the end, they have opted for up-and-coming Ajax manager Eric Ten Hag. Um, fair to say, was a very bumpy start for the Dutchman. Gaz defeats on opening day to Brighton and a really poor defeat at Brentford, but also fair to say he has steadied the ship since. So what did you firstly make of that appointment and also his first few months overall? Well, I think it's a tough one, really, because, I mean, you could look at the last five managers since Ferg has gone and you look at Moyes, he probably needed more time. Got LVG, he was respected, um, but he had a lot of players that had got quite a poor attitude. Um, Jose, same as same as uh, Van Gaal, he, he was obviously did a little bit better. Um, Oli, I think personally very underrated, loves the club. Um, and if you look at his record, was pretty good. Um, but again, he, he had some players that um, were causing a few issues at the time. I think, to be fair, I kind of predicted the way he went with Ralph um, and Ted Hogg, really, um, a little bit before it all happened. And I think they brought Ralph in to make some decisions. Uh, he's definitely not the best coach. I think we could all admit that. Um, and the last couple of months were pretty poor. But, yeah, I mean, I think Ten Hogg, it was, like you say, a rocky start. Um, but I think he's he's turned a bit of a corner there. Obviously, beating Arsenal, it was a bit of a poor result against City as well. Um, but from what I've seen, I mean, I've been um, to a few of the cup games as well, and uh, the one against Villa particularly, is trying to bring the youth through, um, which not going to compare to Fergie at all. But at the start of his career at United, he kind of brought a lot of the younger players through, um, as we all know. Um, I know um, a few of them that are coming through look really sharp and he seems more of a man-manager and he's got a bit more passion about him. So we'll have to wait and see. I think one one big thing Ten Hag's had to deal with 
guys, and it's something that we can't talk about because he's the talk of the globe. Uh, and that's Cristiano Ronaldo. How do you think he's handled that situation first and foremost? And and would you have got rid of Ronaldo in the summer if it was possible? Because I don't I don't think it was, to be honest. I think it was quite a difficult one, really. I mean, again, I think it goes back to his man management, really. Um, we look at how he has managed it from not just the interview that came out, which I think <laughs> the media drummed up a lot more than they probably should have done. Uh, I think you've, I don't know if you've listened to it, but I know I did. And yeah, I, I don't have. think it was as bad. Um, there were some things I agree with. Um, there were some things I didn't agree with, uh, especially the timing um, in the season. I know we've had a break because of the World Cup, but I think you could have handled that a little bit better. Um, but I think Ten Hag's kind of, he's managed it really well. I think he's proven how he's managed it. When you look at how Ronaldo has been with Portugal, um, during the World Cup, he spat his dummy out again. Um, just for being benched, he was eventually dropped um, and made a couple of cameos. But I think um, I'm on the fence with a bit of it because, again, he's, he's slagged the Glazers off, which I think a lot of United fans would agree with. Um, but I think with what Ten Hag's trying to do with the club, um, he's trying to bleed some of the young players in. And at the end of the day, if a manager doesn't see a player that fits the way he wants to play, especially at 37, nearly 38, then I would probably do exactly the same, to be honest. Um, and I probably wouldn't have signed him in the first place. I think that was a Glazer's business decision to sell shirts. But end of the day, he proved me wrong last year. Um, but this year, it's just a different style of play. I mean, another issue with a player has also been Jaden Sancho. I'm not... I'm going to try and do a Dutch accent, but this is a direct quote from Tank Hag. Uh, Sometimes there are circumstances with fitness and mood. He was not in the right status or fitness state. And according to TalkSport, he's now been sent to Holland with some coaches this week to do some um, individual training. Um, Ten Hag also added that he didn't know when he would return. So that, I mean, that would surely rule him out for the game against us. I mean, Sancho at Dortmund, I was a massive fan. I, I Generally thought he would come over here and do really well in the Prem. But aside from the odd bit here and there, you know, the goal against Liverpool, remember this season was very good. It just hasn't happened for him really on a consistent basis. And he's gone from, I remember at one point we was looking at Sterling, Sancho and Kane as the front three for England. He's now not even in the squad at all. And he wasn't even really mentioned for this World Cup. I mean, what no. do you what do you make of that whole situation with Sancho? Um, to be fair, I feel for the lad, really. I mean, he's still a young lad. He's, yes, he's got a bit of experience. I mean, I went down to watch England a few times before he joined United. Um, and he looked fantastic, looked full of life, full of energy. He was, like you say, at Dortmund, he was class act. Um, there was a reason he was on everybody's radar. Um, I don't know. We've just, we've seemed to have this thing for being able to ruin good players of late. Um, as which... like Forrest that does <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think at the same time I do feel sorry for him um, I think there's personally more to it than we're, we know or are going to know um, similarly to the, the Ben White um, scenario at Arsenal um, he's, he was classed for Dortmund he's had flashes of brilliance for United Um I don't know. I just think what I would say there is further to what I was saying before with uh, with man management. The fact that Ten Hogs defended him and coming out to say, "Look, we we know that things are right. We're sending him away. 
for an unknown period of time. I, I don't think it will be until the end of January they will come back. Um, but again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but no, I mean, I hope he does because he has. we all know he's got the talent to be able to do it. And I think the flashes of brilliance we have seen in the Prem, um, I think back it up really, but it's just the consistency level really. Just, I just wanted to add something to that, Gaz. Is, is Sancho, because he's come from the Dortmund side where he was pretty much the star player and then mm. now he's come to Man United where there's other players that are better or just yeah. as good. Do you think that's kind of affected his his start to his Man United career as well? Well, I think it's always going to. I mean, the thing is at Dortmund, I'd arguably say they're... Uh, in their league, a similar club to United because they're always there and thereabouts. Then they'll have a couple of seasons where they'll fall into the abyss a little bit uh, and then they'll come back. Um, They're always talked about in the German media. And I think, yeah, like you say, he's come over to England. When he joins, you've got the likes of Pogba still there, Lingard, who were all big personalities Mm. um, that focused on sides outside of football um, and I think I, I go I always go back to a story with uh, with Jimmy Bullard when he um, that he told when he first went to uh, play for England um, and he joined a training session with the England lads and he says it was just a level above um, so they, they, you never know there could be a factor there that he thinks that well am I as good as I thought I was it's all of a confidence level with football um, and it's obvious it has obviously affected him um, you can see sometimes on the pitch he he drops his head a little bit and when he doesn't get it his own way, which again, that could be attitude. Some players brush it off, but we're not all the same at the end of the day. So fingers crossed, I'll still come back with a bang, but we'll see. Yeah, you mentioned confidence there. And um, with Rafa Varane and uh, Martinez, Lissandro Martinez, that is uh, set to play against each other in the World Cup as we record this. We said earlier, it's the day before the World Cup final. And Harry Maguire found himself in the England side, played all the games. Looks pretty good, I, sh- I thought, actually. It was pretty solid to say he's not played for a long time. Do you think there's a possibility that he plays himself back into this Man United team? Because I would probably consider him a possibility to line up against Forrest, especially depending on if Martinez and Varane want that extra break when they come back. Um mm. What do you what do you think? What did you think of Maguire? And, and do you think he you'll see him back in a Man United shirt <laughs> this season? I think, to be perfectly honest, I was like many people quite surprised um, that he actually went to the World Cup. Yeah. Um, I mean, I went to the um, I went to the big game um, in the Carabao Cup just before the break, and every single time he got the ball, he just looked again like he was just lacking confidence. Um, obviously, he's got a few things hanging over his head, um, which are always going to be in the back of your mind. But honestly, even off the ball, he was just walking around and just looking about. And it's just, it's it's sad to see in a way, because like you say, we've seen him at two World Cups now and a Euros. And every single time he pulls on an England shirt, is probably an eight, nine out of ten. Um, whereas for United, he's an absolute calamity. Um, so I hope that he can come back. Um, I think it's done him good, really, to have Varane and Martinez come in because nobody really thought they were going to 
do what they've done and they have shored things up a little bit, um, which I think has in turn given the midfield confidence to push forward a little bit. Um, because again, with, with Maguire not playing as well as he can, it kind of stuck the midfield into CDM roles as opposed to roaming central midfielders. Um, but yeah, again, I think he'll he'll definitely play against you guys. I think it will be him and Lindelof um, that will play. Um, and then Verana Martinez will probably come back early Jan, maybe for the, the FA Cup game, have a run out there and, and go on from there again. Just to add on Martinez, there was a media narrative, as I'm sure you'd have heard, Gaz, that it was literally ended up being about two foot ten rather than is he five foot ten Martinez. Um so what, what have you made what have you made of him? Um because I, I mean he, if I look at social media he seems to become a fan's favourite already. Yeah, I love him. Uh, I think he's he's class. He's um, I think you can see at the World Cup he's he's very much captain material, um without being the captain. Um, he's always drumming the crowd up. He's always talking to players. He, even when he's playing with Maguire, he's he's trying to bleed that confidence back into him. Um, he's always talking to his keeper, talking to his midfield. Um, and ironically enough, he's he's actually been all right in the air as well. Um, whether or not teams have um, have really kind of stuck one on him, I don't know. But his percentage, I think, um, has been in the 70s, 80s uh, for winning aerial duels, which at the time was was pretty high for the league. So, so I think personally he's one of our best signings for the last three, four years. So, um, yeah, I, I rate him very, very highly. Yeah, I mean, that's something like what we had last season, our promotion season. We literally had, if Lewis Graven was starting, he'd be captain. But if not, it was our role as captain, but we literally had like a few leaders throughout the whole team. Mm. Um, and that was like pivotal for us in getting obviously up. Mm. Um, something that does link our two clubs is that both are massive advocates of bringing players through the academy system. One player from your academy who we had the pleasure of having last season was James Garner. I mean, we're all massive fans of him on this podcast. We all wanted him mm. to come back. Um, was you disappointed to see him go or was it best he moved on and maybe can he do a poor Pogba in the sense of if he does make the grade, he could maybe come back someday? Um, I don't know because I think United are always going to have that stigma around him with bringing players back. Um, obviously, yeah. since Pogba, which was a bit of a tragic transfer <laughs> from start to finish, but I think with Garner, he had a fantastic season with you guys last year. He was pivotal in you guys coming up. Um, I actually did think um, that you guys were going to get him, considering how many signings you did make. I was very surprised that he wasn't. <laughs> it was home. It was... He wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't on the list. But um, it's tough because I think when a player has such a good season, um, and then a little bit like Henderson when he's played for other clubs on loan. Uh, I think it's tough to then come and just sit on the bench because you know that they're the kind of players that want to play football. Um, but it's one of them that, I mean, I don't really rate Fred fantastically, but is he better than him? Is he better than Ericsson? Is he better than the players that they have got? So it's going to be hard for him to cement a role. But again, it, from an attitude perspective, if you if you want that challenge then grab it with both hands. But yeah, it was sad to see him go. I think I said to you, Reese, um, at the start of the season or over summer that it'd be nice to keep him and get him a bit of a run out, but it didn't happen. So uh, yeah, 
onwards and upwards. But just sticking with uh, academy players, Gaz, Alejandro Ganacho is the latest to come through the academy doors at United. Um, I saw him play against Forest in the FA Youth Cup final and it was obviously touted about that he's ne- the next big thing to come through at, at Old Trafford. I didn't think he was like miles above above our under 18s. I know he was the he, he ended up scoring a couple of goals in that in that final. It was a good good game actually, I thought. But he seems to have really stepped up since breaking into the first team. How I know it's early doors and he scored the he scored a winner against Fulham and everyone's compared it to that Ronaldo goal from from back early early on when he was there. How how far can he go and and what what how are you excited about his potential? I am um, again the uh, the Villa game and the Fulham game. He was he came on and um, the chap I went to the game with, I said to him like, just watch this lad because he's he's got something about him. He's but again, I think it's confidence. He just seems to have had one or two cameos that have gone really well. The fans have got behind him, and and that boosts you massively. If you think if you've got what, 70,000 people shouting at you um, and singing your name and, and stuff like that. It's going to give you a boost. So you can see it in his play. He'll he'll make a run. I mean, there was a run he made against Villa, which was kind of Giggs-esque um, against Arsenal. And he, he's just not afraid. I mean, it's that um, kind of fear factor that he, he seems to not really care. He's, he shouts at the players. He, he's older than his years. But I think he's got to be managed properly um, because already I've seen in the media that his, his agents tried to push him to get more money and get like mega books, which after three, four, five good games, I think is ludicrous, but his contract's till 2025. Um, I think his agents come out and said that he's not going to go any further than 2026. So it could be that it's another Ronaldo scenario where he, he has some very good years at United and then moves to a big club I say a big club, a bigger club, uh, like Real Madrid, Barcelona, those kind of uh, those kind of teams. I mean, it, moving on right from the academy stuff, then now it's been announced a bit in the media that York, I'll say, controversial owners, the Glazers are looking possibly to sell. I mean, Simon Jordan said on Talksport that he reckons someone would need six billion to buy Man United, which is. Uh, you know, crazy numbers, but I do mm. believe you are very much in the Glazers' art camp. Um, can you just mm. give a bit more background to our listeners who might not understand why United fans really hate them so much? I think from the outside looking in, um, United fans probably look like spoiled brats. Um, yeah, and I get that. And I, I fully understand that because I think, like, if you look at the money we've spent, we're, we're probably the highest spenders in the last so many years. Um, along with City and Liverpool, but let's not mention net spending. Um, <laughs> and if you look at kind of 75% of the players that we have bought, they've been business decisions as opposed to footballing decisions. So we've had the likes of like Ibrahimovic, Di Maria, Pogba, Falcao, Cavani, uh, Ronaldo again, um, which let's face it, coming to the, the twilight of the career, they're, they're pretty much bought in to sell shirts which they did. They brought fans to the stadium. Um, but on the other side of it, it's more than just the spending of the money. It's easy to say, right, we'll bring these players in, we'll make money off them. There's been no real players that we've bought in to say, right, this is actually going to make the team better. 
Um, and then if you go into to the ground, it's falling apart. It's it's so behind and dated. It's unbelievable. Um, you look at the training ground; that's rotting. Um, it's it, for a club like Man United that are worth six billion, um, as, as the media like to say. I think it's it's crazy that um, that it's in the state that it's in. Um, even to the to the food and the the alcohol that they sell, it's all very limited and substandard. Um, which is crazy because you go to the, some of the newer stadiums like Wembley, um, Spurs Stadium, and you look at the food that they offer, and it's it's fantastic. Um, so it's just I think fans that go week in week out. I mean, I've um, up until this season, I was very much an armchair fan um, for the last probably seven or eight years, but I've started going again now, and um, it's just crazy to see that nothing's really progressed. Um, which kind of touches on what Ronaldo said in that interview, and it's I think that's where they've got to the point now because owners want uh, sorry fans want to see the owners present, um, and when they're only turning up probably once a season, um, it doesn't really set a very good tone. Um, so yeah, I think I'm I'm definitely in the uh, Glazers out camp um, without trying to sound like a spoiled brat. <laughs> I think that's a a big big task for anyone that comes in and, and mm. takes that that job on of, yeah. of running Man United. But just to finish off with the talk of United solely, what are your expectations for this season and what would you class as a success? Well, I think considering where the club's been for the last several years, I think we have done well in seasons. But if you look at those seasons, other teams dropped off as well. Uh, we've had a couple of second-place finishes. I think realistically... Where we are now, um, I think top four's got to be the priority. Um, obviously, there's a big chance um, with the Europa League because uh, obviously the winners of that go into uh, the Champions League. But obviously, we've got Barcelona, so that's going to be um, an interesting tie. Um, but no, I think just kind of carry on doing what we're doing, really. Um, we've started putting some results together. There's been the odd hiccup here and there, but I think um, with what Ten Hag's doing with the team, they've just got to give him time. Um, and hopefully, if the new owners do come in, um, that'll happen. Right, so we're going we're gonna to come on to the game between ourselves and that, and we do have a couple of links in terms of current players. Um, our current number one, Dean Anderson, is on loan from yourselves. He won't be playing in this one due to the terms of his loan, so it'll be Wayne Annecy um, between the sticks for us, hopefully. I hope it isn't Jordan Smith. <laughs> but, um, we, we, I mean, we had a conversation a while ago, guys, that we expected Henderson really to take over from De Gea. Um, just by the interview of the summer, Henderson thought exactly the same. And, I mean, it's fair to say he's pretty much burnt his bridges with United. Um, do you think that is the case? And what would you expect to happen with him in the future, Henderson? I think again, it's it's that kind of interview that <laughs> maybe shouldn't happen while she's still tied to the club. Um, it's, I mean, I'm I'm very on the fence with it. I think he's, like you say, I think he has burned his bridges because it was just the sheer arrogance of him saying, "Well, I didn't want to train because if I did, the manager would want to keep me." And it's like, well, if that's the case, then surely you'd be busting a gut to to try and make that happen so that you can get the big wages. You can challenge De Gea. Yes, he wants to play, but let's face it, De Gea is still world-class. 
Um, he's probably not um, the best modern day goalkeeper with the ball at his feet and the distribution, but from a shot stopping perspective, his positioning, um, I think he's definitely, for those two factors, the best keeper in the world um, for those kind of attributes. But um, I think if he'd have kind of waited this season out, there's a potential that he could have been number one next year. Um, because let's face it, De Gea is not getting any younger. He's been at United for a de- over a decade now. So, um, yeah, I think it's just the things that he said and how he said it um, has probably stopped him coming back. But we'll see. I think the ages I mean, of like your three main keepers are about 107 or something daft. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Henderson, but I don't look at him and think, yeah, he's a Manchester United number one. Because... For- you know, mm. like you just said, De Gea's distribution isn't the best. Well, Henderson's been criticised a lot by our fans for his distribution. So it's not as if mm. his distribution's worlds ahead of De Gea, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, it was, I think it, the thing is, though, I mean, you look kind of globally um, and realistically, if you were going to do a like-for-like replacement or bring somebody in that was going to be number one now, who would you get that's available? Obviously, you've got Alison, Edison, both tied up. Um, Larice, he's not getting any younger. The the big name keepers that we talk about are tied up or coming to the end of the career. Yeah, Neuer and Oblak are getting on, aren't they? A bit. So yeah, uh, exactly. I yeah. I personally so, think if if Everton end up well, if they go down or near towards the bottom of the league, I wouldn't be surprised if United went for someone like Pickford. Yeah, yeah, I think his distributions. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Although I think I jinxed him once because we went to watch him again uh, for England. And I was saying, just watch this lad's distribution, and then he spooned it out for a throwing. So <laughs> it got after that. He pinged one over the top of our defence in our draw at Goodison, and they scored from it. So I think he got the assist in fact. So um, yeah. yeah, the 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 one player that will be in contention to play though is Jesse Lingard, obviously released in the summer by Man United, and then controversially picked Forest over West Ham to join us on a reported. Three hundred thousand pound a week deal or whatever it was in the end. Um, scored the winner for United mm. in the fifteen sixteen FA Cup final after becoming another academy graduate. Um, before the break, actually started to look like the old Jesse. And for those that haven't seen the documentary during the World Cup break, it's it's it was sad to see that he's had to go through something with his mental health, but looks like he's he's back on the mend. Um, do you worry that? He's going to come back and maybe bite you in the in the arse, or, or are you not quite too worried about Jesse Lingard? Um, there's always that chance because I think it's it's probably quite well known that majority of teams that come, especially um, kind of your your mid table teams, will come to to United and put a performance on. I remember several seasons where Nick Pope used to turn up for Burnley and he'd have an absolute blinder. Um, and grind out a nil-nil. Um, but I think with Jesse, he's, again, he is, he's always been on the kind of precipice of being like fantastic. Um, but then off the field, obviously, again, with his mental health, um, which the media won't report, they'll just look at the focus on the bad side of things um, and his social media and the kind of immaturity side of it. But I think, again, he, he is the kind of player that, if the team needs him, he'll put a performance in. He was always that player towards the end of his United career that came on as a, a bit of a super sub to kind of get the result and inject that energy. So he's always going to bring that, especially against his old club. So it wouldn't surprise me 
if he didn't get one on the board, to be fair. Um, but again, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. How is it? How is he seen by United fans, Gaz? Is he? Would he get a good reception? Do you think? I think I think it it would be bad if he didn't get a good reception. I think anyone that's with the club for that period of time, um, coming from the academy, gone through what he's gone through, um, probably a bit easily led by the likes of Pogba um, and, and other names. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll uh, I'll be there on. Um, on the Tuesday night, and I'll be, I'll definitely be clapping if he's uh, if his name's shouted out. So yeah. Right, let, moving on to Forest as a whole. Um, I'm <laughs> some of our listeners might be like, "Oh, this man you've had sounds all right," but so I'm going to bring you back down a peg. And um, I remember you putting Forest uh, <laughs> the worst team you've seen this season on Twitter at one point this season. Which, to be fair, I mean, we'd probably agree at the time because we did have some bad results. I mean, the Leicester mm. one was terrible. Um, but what have you made of Forest overall and do you think we can stay up this season? I think... I knew you were going to bring this tweet up. There. <laughs> yeah, I think um, at the time I'd been watching a few because I've always kept an eye on kind of what Forest have been doing and some of the games, I think it just... It was always going to happen with the amount of players you've bought in. It's mm. it's very hard to make so many players gel um, when they've not played together for very long. Um, at the time, um, I was probably right in what I was saying. Um, yeah, fair, and, and they were pretty poor. Um, but I think since then, um, I mean, I think you've had wins in the league against Palace, uh, Liverpool, which I celebrated like United had beaten. Um <laughs> And then I think you also beat Spurs in the cup as well. Um, yeah. So I think since then, I think that's going to going to bleed a bit of confidence into the team. Um, and I, I, I've got a sneaky feeling that after the bad press that you've got, I do think it's going to be touch and go. But I think you could do it. Um, it would be nice to see you do it because again, it's good to see um, local teams in the in the Premier League and. And see you kind of fighting for that, uh, fighting for that place, and then hopefully in seasons to come, those players will gel more, and, and you'll kind of cement your place in the Premier League again. What team would you expect to line up against uh, Forest, Gaz, and and where do you see yourselves hurting Forest? But what's what? Where can we hurt hurt United if if we actually get into your half? <laughs> <laughs> see, I think you're probably painting a worse picture. Um, than it is. I think you'll actually give us a game. Um, we we always seem to struggle against um, newly promoted teams that, especially when people think we're going to run them over. But again, I think if you look at the friendlies that we played during the World Cup, we've lost both of them. We drew against Everton um, in a behind closed doors friendly. Uh, um, and I think we'll, we'll likely start with um, Maguire, Lindelof, um, you might even have Wamba Saka in there um, instead of Dallow, um, depending on how his fitness has been since coming back. But again, I think because of the the crossover from the World Cup, there could be a chance that we will field a strong team. Um, obviously, Denmark went out quite early, so Ericsson should be okay and fit. Um, I think McFred should be uh, should be there and thereabouts, but. Um, uh, if Martial stays fit and doesn't kind of break his own ankles, I think um, I think he could be um, a good player for us for the next half of the season. So uh, so yeah, I think it will be 
a pretty strong lineup with Garnacho maybe making another start. But um, I always make these predictions, and then I'm always massively wrong, and we'll probably put our strongest eleven out. <laughs> right. So from that, then can we get a prediction for the game? I think 2-1 United, but I think you'll score first. I think you'll kind of come with the energy and we'll maybe leak an early goal. And then um, second half will come out and join to another gear. We have only only scored one away this season, which is against Everton. Everyone everywhere else have drawn a blank, so it would be nice to see a goal. But... um, I'd like it anyway. to be like the last couple of games because I know the last oh, wow. uh, last time we played you guys in the league, it was oh. uh, it was Boxing Day as well at Old Trafford the last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it so was. Yeah, the same fiction, um, yeah, I think Ronnie Johnson scored twice in that game, and he did. Yeah, other, yeah, <laughs> um, which about did. did Ronnie Johnson ever score more than two in his career? I'm not sure. Probably not against Forest, <laughs> um, but uh, brilliant anyway. So. Nice to get back into the swing of things and plenty talked about there. And thanks for coming on for that, Gaz. Much appreciate it. No worries. So to wrap up this podcast, going to go for our predictions for the Manchester United game. So Christian has gone for a 1-1 draw. Lee, ever the optimist, has gone for a 3-0 defeat. I'm going to go for a harder 0-0 draw. I'm just hoping that United, with all the players I've had at the World Cup, are a bit rusty and we put in a spirited performance and I mean a point away at Old Trafford would be excellent I mean what about yourself Adam what do you think I mean I'd, I'd love to take a draw mate I'd, I'd snap your hand off for that um, I think that's what my heart says it'll be it'll be a draw either 1-1 or a 0-0 but I think I think my my football in head says we'll we'll probably lose and come out short maybe 2-0 unfortunately I just think they've, they've they're a very strong side but I think if I mean, if what Gaz is saying, if if McTominay and Fred play, then I give us half a chance because mm, I think yeah. they're at. Well, McTominay is one of the worst players I've ever seen <laughs> at Man United. He's fucking shit. Bit more Fred. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think he'd get in Forest side. I don't know how he gets in Man U side. He won't get in Forest side for me. I, I can imagine, like with McTominay, he's like really good on the training ground and that, and he, you know, he's like a hundred percent isn't he? And he's um, definitely parched. Parched, yeah, that'd be good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comparison, but um, we shall see uh, what happens at Old Trafford in is about a week and a half's time. Um, anyway, that's it for this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed talking about Forest again. Um, really nice to be back. Um, I mean, I do love the World Cup, but once England was out, that interest had kind of waned. Um, so it'd be very nice to start following the Reds again. Um, I mean, we'll us two will both be at Blackburn with a huge away following, which is absolutely fantastic in midweek. So credit to everyone who's making the trip. Um, pretty much double the attendance of what Blackburn have sold, I think, at the minute. So, um, yes. So if you are making the trip to the northwest, a safe one. Um, we'll see you there. And then until next time, it's thanks for listening and come on, you Reds. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 